You're on. I'm on. Marcy Playground is the self-titled debut <laughs> studio album by American alternative rock band Marcy Playground. Uh, Sorry. Was, shut up. It was released on February 25th, 1997 on EMI. It was reissued later that year on October 7th on Capitol Records with a large amount of promotion for the single Sex and Candy which became the band's breakthrough single, spending more than 15 weeks at number one on the Billboard Modern Rock Tracks chart. My God, what a success. It garnered a mixed reception from music critics. James P. Wisdom, you must know what he's talking about, Brad. James P. Wisdom of Pitchfork stated that Marcy Playground was the most soothingly mellow and pleasant thing he had heard in a long time. Wow. Dan Weiss of LA Weekly deemed it the 12th worst album of the 1990s, <laughs> uh, opining that aside from the singles Sex and Candy and St. Joe on the School Bus, the album is folksy, opiate-obsessed bullshit. Well, that was pretty mm. succinct of him. Yeah. So, Brad, this is your album. The greatest album ever made. You'd love it. You'd, you'd marry it if it was a human being. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. I'm, I'm amazed it was 97. I didn't realize it was that late. I thought it was like 94 or 95. But 97, I'm okay with it. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed this album. I chose this album. And... I chose it because I, when I first heard it and it was introduced to me, I knew that, you know, everybody knows Sex and Candy. And we'll get into that a little later on. But that was the only song I knew. And this guy was like, you go check out this album. You know, it's got more than just that song. So I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll check it out. This is when I was in the States and it became, it, I dug it. It's cool. I like it. Got into it. And I, I, I'm a, I don't know what you call yourself, a Marcyite, a, a, a playground <laughs> I don't know what if you're a fan of the band. A Marciophile, that's it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, a playground Marciophile. I don't know if that um, has a very good ring to it. Uh, but, yeah. I, What's wrong with that? Their, their second album, their third album, I, I, dig, I dig it all. Look, they've got songs that don't work, and there are fine examples of them on this record. But overall, I... I like this their their nerd rock sound. I think it's just solid guitar, bass, drums, simple stuff. You know, I uh, I dig it. You, I'm assuming, had never heard this album before in your life. What did you think? I knew the song "Six and Candy." Uh, I haven't mm. heard the album or any of the other songs, or I don't know anything else they've done except for. Sex and Candy, like I said, 15 weeks at number one. This was a song that got bashed to death when it mm. came out. Like, it was just over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a song that, yeah, quite frankly, I got bored of, but thought it was a good song to begin with. And we're listening to it now. It's a good song. It's great. Yeah. It's a good song. Um, I was interested to hear that you call it nerd rock. You think it's nerd rock? Did I did I say that? Uh, yeah, I oh, guess because yeah. it is 
his voice he's kind of like a um you know it just seems like he likes computer games and awkward to talk to girls and stuff you know it's got like a kind of a nasally <laughs> nasally whine to it I, I was thinking more like stoner oh yeah folk. yeah sure. because stoner folk said i like it sex and candy he wrote that the title came from that he was having sex with a girl and her roommate came in and said, oh, this room smells like sex and candy. And they were trying to hide up, hide the fact that they were having sex. So the fact that he's having sex, yeah, I think that throws his nerd credentials right out the door. Well, you, so you've hit in. the nail, nail on the head. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Stoner. Because he, he had like drug problems from what I understand. Oh, all right. You don't um, know about that? I mean, to me... Uh, your your backstory there you've done your research about you know he got the title off somebody coming into the room and smelling the room it's just gonna smell like man sweat lube and i don't know marijuana right what what you know what would sex and candy smell like to you my friend (laughs) yeah don't you there's that smell, though, isn't there? There's that, that <laughs> there's that semen smell, isn't there, Brad? We we all. I don't want to be there gross. There's a musky, there's a musky aroma to it. Sure, I wouldn't know. I've I, never, uh, I've never been there. I'm a forty year old virgin. So I worked at a place once, and there was this woman that actually <laughs> did not like to shower, and she would come in, and everyone would go, "Oh God, she's." Just done it, hasn't she? Oh God! You'd, you'd, Maybe you'd she'd just gone for a run. She was a very large lady, and what she used so to do is out of the question. She had a very big stomach, and what she would do is lift her meat apron up and hang it on the side of the table and rest. <laughs> <laughs> it smelled like sex. <laughs> um, I think I think you need to trademark the term meat apron. <laughs> meat apron. That's what you call it, isn't it? It's just like a big, <laughs> flabby, meaty stomach. Just pick it up. Oh yeah, no, no. I think you don't the need table. There, no, no more explanation needed. Meat apron is the perfect. Um, and we're not, we're not we're not shaming anybody that has a meat apron. We're just merely describing a piece of anatomy as best we can. Correct. I think we're embracing the meat apron, aren't we? Like that's right. You know, I think. We've we've named it and we've now put it out there in the community and uh, it can now be spoken about without shame or regret. It's a celebration of um, just just the body, celebration of that's, the body. That's what I would call that's it. That's right, and and what smells it can create. And you can have a meat apron and still have lots of sex and go to work without showering. That's a beautiful thing. Ah, that's debatable. But yes, back to the uh, back. <laughs> to the music um so going you know you go in you know sex and candy right and then you chuck on track one and what's your initial reaction you're like this is what i was expecting for the other tracks or you know where did where did you find yourself uh i I was finding myself in a fairly similar position to our review of neon ballroom silver chair Mm. Uh, the, 
except I like this a lot more actually. Uh, when poppies came on, came on, I was like, ah, oh, this is good. Like it's a beat. It's kind of a it's a rock song. It had a weird guitar sound. Yeah. Uh, and looking later on, it's an acoustic guitar just yeah uh, with distortion on it. Yeah. So it's not like a real thick electric guitar sound. But it's a catchy song. It's fast. It's upbeat. You know, it, it's it's not a cheesy pop song. It's like a really mm. cool pop song, really indie mm. rock pop song, you know? And I was like, wow, this is great. Sex and Candy came on. I was like, fantastic. Like, this is, I've forgotten how good of a song it is because, you mm. know, it had been beaten to death. Um. Mm. And then it carried on. I think it's a solid album. All the songs are good. Like, I can't complain about any of the songs. I get to <laughs> Opium. Opium, I was in it again. I was like, this is a really, really good song. It's Great too song. short. Like, Great it song. could go yep. for a long time yep. and be built. And I would have loved for that to have a big psychedelic song. Yeah, like, it's um, a little short for me, but it's great. Yeah. You're right. Opium was one of the ones that were. You know, the guy that recommended the album was like, oh, man, you're going to love Opium. And, like, I listened to it. And, yeah, it's just that real dirgy sort of guitar and then a good build to the chorus. And, again, it's just a simple, uh, you know, grunge rock or stoner rock or whatever you want to call it. But it's got good feel, right? And it's the same thing. I thought this track rules, and I'd play it over and over again because, like you said, I wanted it to be <laughs> to be longer. But I guess that's a sign of a good song, really. You don't want to overstay your welcome and then not have repeat listens. Mm. Yep, yep. Um, but there's definitely, for me, like some great tracks. Like for me, um, uh, Sherry Fraser and um, Opium and Vampires in New York, you know, those are songs I'll come back to. Those, you know, I chuck those on mixtapes, that kind of stuff. But then on the album... I find there's some shitters too, like um, Cloak and Robe of Alvin Kine or whatever it's called. That one, that's that's an easy pass. Um, and then the one about, uh, I forget what it's called, later in the album, but it's like all the little Indians in a row or something. Do you know the one I'm talking about? There's one more suicide, Dog and His Master, The Shadow of Seattle. I think Sherry it's Fraser. Dog and His Master maybe, yeah. Anyway, sure. so there's, there's, you know, on an album that you can tell it's a debut album, they had the songs that were real bangers, and then there's a couple that they obviously had to fill their, you know, their song quota for for their release. Um, but overall, yeah, it's a banger. I um sort of different feelings in that I thought standouts for me, really good songs, Poppy, Sex and Candy, and One More Suicide. Mm. I was interested in Vampires of New York for sort of a different reason. But like all the other songs apart from those three are good. I can't find anything wrong with them. Each song I kind of found quite solid and really good. But Mm. on repeated listens, um, they kind of went, there's nothing wrong with them, but then there's nothing great about them. (laughs) And I kind of felt like I could skip the shit. But yep. then it's not a bad song. It's just I've gotten so much of the same thing over and over again. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've definitely got there's the Marcy Playground sound that, you know, it, it definitely develops over the course of they've got, uh, wait, one, two, three, 
four full albums, right? And they they don't all. It's not the same sound. Like they definitely, but it's within the same sort of style. Like there's the Marcy Playground thing, but they chant, You know, they mix it up a bit, but it's always their thing. Um, like the second album's more punky, and there's a lot more fast songs, lot lot more songs like Poppies. It's really terribly produced, so it's real harsh. And then oh, here's here's this one, their album that came out in 2003, let's say 2003, um, was it's their third album, and they called it MP3, right? Do you remember those things? I'm looking on Wikipedia now. I see it, MP3 2004. I haven't got a never knew it came out. Song was featured yep. on Jay and Silent Bob Straight Back. Yeah, it's it's Deadly a. Handsome I think man. that's a killer album actually. Like it's got some real good tracks on it. And then the one after that again was oh, Leaving Wonderland in a Fit of Rage. It's actually really yeah. good too. I mean, like the songwriting gets better from the guy. Like as you say, the first album, Sex and Candy, was the obvious. I think that's a classic song. You know, you can't deny it. Chord changes, melody, it's it's a banger. You know, it's it's in the it's it's in the universe as one of those. I mean, you call they're a one hit wonder band, and that that's their one hit, and I think for good reason. Um, the rest of the album, yeah, repeated listens doesn't really do it for you. But then I think as they move through their career, repeated listens reward the listener. Um. So the main guy, John Wozniak, does he write all the songs pretty much? Yeah, yeah, he's the guy. Yeah, so he was um, uh, he was talking about the fact that they had a big hit, life turned upside down, you know, all the stuff happens with having a big hit and big tours and stuff, and then he said, I never wanted to have a hit again after that. Um, he ended up taking the money from this and buying a recording studio and just becoming yeah. a producer for bands he liked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then he's just putting out albums and probably not producing it, probably doing it independently, is he? And not really yeah. pushing so it. So they do it hard. all themselves, their own their own record label. And again, I struggled to find um so that the third album, MP3, came out when I was in the States. So what what year did you say that was? Two thousand four? And so the guy that showed me their first album, conveniently, this third one just came out. And I was like, oh, wicked, I'll grab that too. And that was the soundtrack of the summer, really. Um, but then when I only knew their fourth album came out because I was following them on Facebook. It's just like, a, you know, some no, it wasn't Facebook. It was MySpace back in those days. And um, wow. wow, the ancient past. Uh, and they announced it. And I was like, oh, you know, it was hard to find. I think I had to order it online. But their, yeah, their last album's fantastic. It says here on the MP3 album you're talking about, there's a track called Hotter Than The Sun, where Wozniak reflects on the band's one-time success and remains positive about the band's future. Yeah, well, when like you he, think he, about it, mm-hmm. he's got so much money from Sex and Candy, right? Like the checks just keep rolling in. It's a it's a song that's a staple of modern rock radio, right? It's at at any point, any day, how many stations are going to play Sex and Candy? Right, it's just one of those songs. Um, but so what it. they did, they pulled a Def Leppard, right, and they re-recorded Sex and Candy only a couple of years ago, and put it out 
on Spotify with the hopes that people would put that in and listen to that and they'd get more royalties instead of the, you know, the old record company. Yeah. But they fucked it up and they recorded it really badly and it's all is clipping everywhere and his voice is too loud. And it shows that even if you have a great song, if you don't record it right, it's not going to be a hit. <laughs> and he was making living as a producer and he made the shitty recording song. It's not a great advertisement right. for his, for his, his no. day job, is it? It's not. Yep. They put it out on an album of sort of outtakes and rarities. And uh, yeah, I, th- I thought, oh, great. You know, a new version of Sex and Candy. This is going to be, oh, no, I'm never listening to that again. And it was like versions of him singing Hallelujah and uh, uh, other covers. And it just wasn't, wasn't good <laughs> by any means. But yeah, you know, Def Leppard did the day. They re-recorded all the hits off Hysteria. And tried to make the money with you know uh, bypassing yeah. the the old re- and it is it's a good idea but it's just it never sounds right and isn't old uh, oh Tay Tay Taylor Swift she's doing it as well at the moment re-recording all her albums for um, people who don't know um, someone else owns the masters someone owns the publishing of the song so. Mm. They're getting all the royalties from the artists. Well, not all so of the it. Artists, chunk yeah, of it. My big chunk of it. So the artists go out, re-record the songs, and hope you listen to their new version of it where they they own the recording and therefore they're getting the bulk of the uh, the money that way. Did it work for um, Def Leppard? Do you know? Nah. It just... Like anything, even if you, it's not the same. It's obviously, you know, there's magic that happens in these classic albums, right? And there's, it's the, that point in time and how it was recorded and how that mix was done. That gets into your subconscious. Mm-hmm. When you hear a song 8,000 times, like pour some sugar on me, you hear it everywhere yeah. from the petrol station to the strip club. It's just, you know, it gets in your mind. So when they re record it and, you know, the frequencies, aren't exactly the same. It's like watching CGI in a movie. Your brain just goes, no, <laughs> no, give me the other one. Yeah, it's like 20 years later, your voice is just different now. It's deepened mm. and you're singing it yep. and oh, yeah, it's not the song. And it's yep. probably Uncanny Valley where it's almost but not quite and you're like, ah! That's right. That's yeah. right. Oh, but it's even with, um, you know, Done Wrong, you know how all the classic albums are now getting remixed and re-released, you know, they're doing it with the Beatles, but that's, so the A plus version is all the remixes of the Beatles later albums. They've done the white album. They did Sergeant Pepper. They've just put out Let It Be. Where uh, what's his name? Martin's son. So Glenn Martin. I don't, I forget his name. Um, George Martin's son. George Martin's son. Yeah, whatever his yeah. name is, is remixing all the Beatles tracks right from the masters. But what they do right is they keep like the sonic tones the same. And they just sort of mix with clarity and that sort of thing. And then so it's essentially the same mix, cleaner and pure, and it sounds amazing, right? Beatles fans loves it, love it. But what's happened, like a prime example of where it goes wrong, and it's the same thing, your brain doesn't accept it. The Doors, they, re, they remixed and remastered all their albums, right? And they, they changed the levels and they made Jim Morrison's vocals be way louder and you know, change distortions on guitars and stuff. 
And it does not sound as good. Like for me, my brain, as I said, rejects it. And you, you think something as simple as the mix of a song changes it from being a classic. But, you know, this is fantastic. I want to crank this in my car to, oh, no, that doesn't sound quite right. That song doesn't have the same energy almost. You know, it doesn't have the same, something that doesn't grab you. Yeah. And a Pearl Jam did it with 10. And basically, yep. they got rid of all the excess reverb. Yeah, because you can barely hear what the guitars are doing in the original. Um, and you'd have mix. to admit that that's an improvement. You know, when I listen to Ten now, I listen to the the redone one because it was it's so much clearer and better. Yeah, that's the thing is they've got a real reason to do it, and a lot of the time they don't have a reason to do it other than it's a marketing campaign to get you to buy the same thing twice, buy the same or, record for the fifth time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or or they're just fucking it up. <laughs> like yeah, well, up. you know, <laughs> you, you got to do something with it, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. What are we talking about? Master Playground. <laughs> That's right. A band um, so interesting, we wavered for 10 minutes and talked about something else. <laughs> hey, we're allowed to go the Billy Connolly route and, and disappear and come back again. Oh yeah, look, yeah. I'll still chuck this. I'll chuck this album on, you know, sporadically. Um, Master Playground, the the band in general, comes up on my shuffle all the time. It's just they're one of those bands that, yeah, I got right into for a while. So they're always gonna float around. Um, like this, this album, yeah, I think Sherry Phrases. I think it's a pretty classic song for a you know a G, C, and D kind of song. Um, yeah, and Vampires of New York, you said you liked it for a different reason. What, what was that? Did it lyrically appeal or something? Yeah, um, I mean, we've both spent, we're not from America, but we've been to America. We've both spent time in New York. And, mm. you know, you always hear about the vampires of New York. You always hear about oh, the drug situation and the crime and, it's, and, and dirty things and weird situations going on. So I was listening to Vampires in New York in that context, but then in, in the time I was in New York, which was just pre-COVID, really, a few months before COVID happened, um, New York was lovely. Like, I didn't see anything strange, out of place, weird, mm. or creepy at all. Unlike yeah. some other cities, I could point my finger out San Francisco, where some freaking weird shit was happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When were you there? That was so what 2018, something like that, eh? Just before COVID. So like 20. 2019. Just just to yeah, date this if uh, somebody's listening 30 years yeah, from now. 2019. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Just a few months before COVID broke out. Let's basically got back and then heard about it. Yeah. And, and it was wonderful. It was great. Super expensive city to live in, like rental yeah. stuff. But getting on the subway and traveling up and down was so easy and mm. just didn't see anything at all. I like, like yeah. I said, San Francisco, you walk into a family restaurant and there was a guy masturbating in the corner and like just the whole <laughs> restaurant ignoring. Oh, it. was what was the, <laughs> the restaurant called Slapping Hams or something? Subway, it was close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, yeah. I'll I'll take a six inch. Thanks very much. Oh, uh, he was. Oh yeah, man. It was. I don't know. Yeah, it, he didn't have a six inch sub. I'll tell you that. 
But um, All right. he, he, he was working the gherkin. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the entertainment in San Francisco, mate. It's just the, that's how they busk. Oh, people walking around with needles hanging out of their pants. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, they were watching a guy take a whiz in the street. And, uh, you know, well, you know they, got that, they got an app where you got to report poop and stuff. People have pooped in the street stuff. <laughs> the San Fran at poo night, app. when you go outside um, around the hotel, it was really nice during the day. And then at night, you go outside, and it's like you're in the middle of a war zone in Beirut. Like all the drums come out, and they're on fire, and the homeless just flood in, <laughs> set up camps down the streets. <laughs> but New yeah. York was lovely, 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 huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was I was there 2003, 2004. And yeah, I don't remember it being dark. I remember there were areas you, you know, you'd go and you'd feel mildly uncomfortable, but it was nothing, um, you know, I, I wasn't exposed. I mean, it's definitely there, but, you know, the mass drug culture or anything and Central Park, all good times. But again, I was only hanging out there in the day. I wasn't going cruising around at three in the morning looking for trouble. Um, but you can definitely, you know, the history has shown it's got a pretty seedy underbelly. And this cat, you know, uh, Wozniak was obviously obviously picked up enough on it to to ride a track, but I like what I like about Vampires of New York is again it's those simple chords. It's fucking G and F, and uh, maybe there's a C in there somewhere. But it's almost like, and he said it in interviews, the album's real childlike, real simple. The lyrics are all real, you know, almost nursery rhyme kind of things. Yeah, but then with that, as you say, that kind of stoner rock. And nursery rhymes. I remember reading interviews uh, when I first got into them. He said, oh, this first album's all, you know, this is all primary school stuff. This is my life through primary school. And I then as they the got it. the first songs he was learning to write. Yeah. He just learned how to write songs. He was putting together the simple stuff. Yeah. But I think, you know, to, to, to the pretty clean, nice melodies, I reckon, and most of the lyrics that he's throwing in are, uh, suit it so i think that's why it appeals again simple lyrics simple themes yeah. and it's all you know like sherry yeah. fraser i i love this girl where have you gone when you're coming back you know sex and candy i guess is probably the the only vague metaphor he's throwing in there but it's um i like it i like how simple it is yeah i think that was probably the problem for me though is like he's got three bangers three awesome songs but then the rest are just mm. It's not a bad song. It's not a bad melody. It's just yeah, yeah. Not super interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not a, they're not all complete earworms. Have you, did you check out any like live footage of them at the time when they were doing Sex and Candy on Letterman and everywhere? He just looks like a scared deer in the headlights, doesn't he? Uh, I watched one live performance and looked fine. Fine, actually. Big audience. He was <laughs> okay. jumping around, just had his acoustic, stuck his effects on. That was great. Yeah, all right. The recording itself, I don't think it's a terrible recording. It's a little, um, like, dull. Like, it could be a um, little more vibrant, a little more highs yeah. or something in places. Like, it's, you know, cheap microphones and a cheap space. Mm. Um, but it's not a terrible recording. So it's, it's all fine. It's just nitpicking at that stage. On the, on the re-listen for this, I, I'd never really noticed it before, but there's some... Killer bass lines in there, man. The bass player's he's doing some work there. Yeah, I didn't really notice the bass player. Ah, next time so. in the future. You know who this band, Marcy Playground, 
if they went to, to make them think, uh, if you go more, if you want to think, okay, if they got more uh, technical ability and got better lyrical themes and stuff, I'd start thinking Grant Lee Buffalo. Do you remember that guy? Yeah. That, that, yeah. Um, that Mockingbird song and stuff. And I think that's, that's a pretty good companion piece to Marcy Playground. You know, it's similar sort of stoner rock, but I think Grant Lee Buffalo was, ah, you know, no disrespect to Wozniak, but Grant Lee's just a fantastic songwriter. Well, it's 12 songs. It's 34 minutes. It doesn't take long, but I still yeah. found myself getting bored and just like get to all the songs. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's your... um? Well, how many are you skipping? You only got three you liked, so you're skipping a lot. I'd say I am am I epic, decent, borderline, and filler. I've got I'd call three epics. And the rest of them I struggle like they're decent, but I'd also skip any of them. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> Depending on the day. Yep. Bang. Uh, yeah, I agree. What uh, what were your three epics? Poppy, sex and candy, and opium. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I agree. And then the rest, so, uh, uh yeah, it's fine. Like I could yep. listen to a couple at a time, but even at 34 minutes, I was getting a bit over it. Yeah. And and not the fault of it, the song I was listening to at the time, it's just the overall altogether. It's another one. Yeah. Does it does this experiment intrigue you enough to check out any of their other albums? Yeah, sure. I watched the live performance and there was a bunch of songs I'd never heard and they were quite good. Mm, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm I, not trying. I find a way to say I'm probably going to like uh, not give it a high rating, but then I don't find anything wrong with it either. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a little uninspiring. Cuts. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, and, and that's exactly what happened. They put this album out, you said, in 97, uh, went nowhere, you know, just a uh, – where are they from? Fucking New Yorkish, somewhere there. Put You know, put out an album, might have done something on college radio, and that's probably where Sex and Candy kicked in because all the hipster college kids were like, oh, this song said sex in the, in the lyrics. Sex and Candy, what? Sex and Candy. And so that was what created the hit single. They re-released it, but still it was that one song and then they essentially disappeared, you know? Well, he started in Minneapolis and he moved to New York and he met the others. All right, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, for me, I'm... You've got it, kid. And he moved to New York to make his dreams come true. I've heard that song you wrote. Heard that song you wrote about the candy and the sex. Ah, you're going to make it, son. You're going to make it, son. Yeah. And he did. God bless him. And he did. Once. And he also turned down major sponsorship deals, like uh, endorsements. Like he, uh, M&M's and Coca-Cola, was it? Offered him money. Mm. Oh, no, was it Microsoft? Yeah. Two big companies like that wanted to use sex and candy, and he turned the money down. Just went and led a simple life recording um, songs in his little studio he bought. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're still they're still playing now. I just got a um, an ad pop up on my feed for they're just doing some shows again around the states. Same three dudes just plugging away, still singing "Sex and Candy" every night. <laughs> it's an encore. I wonder how much he hates it or whether he loves 
the money bags that keep coming in his mailbox. Probably love some money bags and just like, yeah, get it. Yep, fine. Yep, fine. I'll buy yep. another um, mansion. If he's turning down that stuff, I think he's got enough that he's like, I've got enough and that's fine and I don't need more and I'm not going to be a whore and I just do what I want to do. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I like and that's that. it. He puts out an album every bloody 10 years. Yeah. Bless his little heart. Bless his little heart. So Cats Meows, out of out of 10 Cats Meows, what are you going to give this son of a bitch? <sighs> you, you, this son of a bitch, I, it's, again, you know, I picked it because it's, it's an album that I still enjoy and consider a classic. I would give it, even, again, as you say, there's great bangers and then there's a lot of dull stuff. But I'm, st- you know, I'm, st- I'm still giving it eight, you know, eight out of ten, I think it's. It's not the perfect album, but it's one that I keep coming back to. Ooh. I, I was going to give it five cat's meows. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's like buy the, so- yeah, buy the songs on Apple. <laughs> buy the three songs on Apple and you can kind of forget the rest. You're not missing anything. If you don't Nobody want to buys anything on anymore. An album, it's free Nobody on Spotify. So stream that what shit. The hell's- yeah doesn't hurt you really does it all right for those yeah. that are listening don't when you stream sex and candy make sure it's the original one you'll know because the new one sounds like shit and with that good night everybody ah. thanks for listening to pointless and confused we believe there's a little thing where you can send a tip if you yep. want we have you no idea us. how it works we need cash yeah for whores and Vegemite yeah and what good day no oh, I'm right. tell them the other thing oh what was the other thing subscription um, oh look you could you could subscribe if you want to if you want to hear the sound of our sweet sweet voices in your ear whenever a new episode drops you'll be the first to know yeah we're not sure how you do that either but you'll figure it uh, out wouldn't you do this come on you guys